This is the broadcast voice of Marshall University. WMUL-FM, Huntington, West Virginia. And now, News Center 88 at 5, the area source for the most complete news coverage from across the campus of Marshall University and the Huntington Tri-State area. And now, the News Center 88 team. Good evening, everyone. For this Tuesday, January 23rd, 2024, I'm Emma Johnson. And I'm Willen Smith. Coming up this evening on News Center 88, 21 Israeli troops are killed in the deadliest attack on the military since the Gaza offensive began. All on your only daily source for Marshall Broadcast News. Reagan Clagg will be in with the Metro Huntington weather forecast, and Jonathan Edwards will be in with the FM 88 sports report. The current temperature outside is a cloudy 51 degrees. And now onto our top story. A man suspected of shooting and killing eight people in suburban Chicago fatally shot himself after a confrontation at a gas station with law enforcement officials in Texas. Police in Julia, Illinois, said on Facebook that at about 8.30 p.m. yesterday, 23-year-old Romeo Nance was located by U.S. Marshals near Natalia, Texas, about 30 miles southwest of San Antonio. The Post said after a confrontation, Nance shot himself. Randy Brown is the sheriff in Medina County. He says Nance had no local ties and authorities suspect he was trying to reach Mexico. Illinois authorities have said Nance knew the victims. They have not determined a motive. Charles Osgood, who anchored CBS Sunday Morning for more than two decades, hosted the long-running radio program, The Osgood File, and was referred to as CBS News' poet-in-residence, has died at the age of 91. CBS reported that Osgood died today at his home in New Jersey. According to Osgood's family, the cause was dementia. Osgood was a broadcaster who could write essays in light verse as well as report hard news. He also continued to work in both radio and television with equal facilities for many years, joining the CBS News Network in 1971. The Israeli military says that Palestinian militants carried out the deadliest single attack on Israel's forces since the Hamas raid that triggered the war. 21 soldiers were killed. It was a significant setback that could add to mounting calls for a ceasefire. Today, the military announced that ground forces have encircled the southern city of Han Yunus. That marked a major advance, but it was unclear how much closer it would bring Israel to defeating Hamas or freeing Israeli hostages, as ceasefire talks appear to be gathering pace. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu mourned the soldiers, but he vowed to press ahead until, quote, absolute victory, unquote, even as Israelis are increasingly divided over whether it's possible to both crush Hamas and free scores of captives. Alabama intends to put a man to death with nitrogen gas this week. If not stopped by the courts, this would be the first execution using this method in the United States. Kenneth Eugene Smith is scheduled to be executed Thursday evening at a South Alabama prison. They plan to have a gas mask put over the 58-year-old's face to replace his breathing air with pure nitrogen gas and kill him. According to the Alabama Attorney General's office, using nitrogen gas is the most painless and humane method created. But some doctors and critics say what exactly Smith will fill is still unknown. 
Unions commanded big headlines last year, but that didn't translate into higher membership numbers, according to government data released today. The U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics said 10% of hourly and salaried workers were members of unions in 2023, or around 14.4 million people. That's an all-time low and down slightly from 2022. The numbers of unionized workers in the private sector increased by 191,000 last year. That includes workers at auto companies, Las Vegas hotels, and Hollywood studios, all of whom went through high-profile contact negotiations. But union, excuse me, but the unions lost employees in the public sector, like teachers and police officers. Coming up, a pastor in a small Ohio city tussled over the legality of his 24-7 homeless ministry. That and more news from across the tri-state when New Center 88 returns right after this. Neither rain nor sleet nor dead of night will keep the FM88 sports team from making its appointed rounds. Announcement over the loudspeaker just a moment ago that lightning just struck within 10 miles. People have to once again exit their seats. They are this evacuating the stadium once. This is the third time. Be quite time. frank, it's a mess right now. And the snow, I hope you're warm where you are because it is cold here in Huntington as the snow has come down as we are just about ready to square off in the first ever MAC championship game. Well, the fans trying to entertain themselves here because the lights have gone out. They're having football by candlelight. How about that? Grab your cabatier. Cabatier. <laughs> Holy cow, the snow is really coming down. Oh, this, is, this is a snowstorm right now that we are having. This is brisk. When the weather is nasty and you just don't want to leave the house, tune into the FM88 sports team to catch all of your favorite martial sports. We're there when you don't want to be. Welcome back to News Center 88, voted best spot news reporting by the Virginia's Associated Press. I'm Emma Johnson. And I'm Willen Smith. The three Republicans vying to take on Democratic incumbent Sherrod Brown this fall in Ohio's competitive U.S. Senate race clashed bitteringly in their first statewide debate, lobbing personal attacks and accusing each other of shifting political positions aimed at wooing GOP primary voters. Facing off yesterday at a TV studio in Cleveland, businessman Bernie Moreno, Ohio Secretary of State Frank LaRose, and State Senator Matt Dolan generally agreed on such issues as a federal abortion limit and securing the southern border, but they parted on immigration policy, aid to Ukraine, and the January 6th prosecutions. They all declined to say anything critical of former President Donald Trump, who has endorsed Moreno. A Christian pastor says his small Ohio city would lose a beacon of light downtown if he has to close an around-the-clock ministry for homeless people and others seeking shelter. Pastor Chris Avell's Dad's Place Church in northwestern Ohio city of Bryan has drawn citations over zoning laws, fire ordinances, and safety. The church filed a federal lawsuit yesterday against the city. The mayor and other officials says its right to religious freedom is at stake. Avell has pleaded not guilty to 18 criminal code violations. A lawyer for the city says officials deny treating any religious institution inappropriately. A suicide prevention bill focused on military veterans is advancing in the Kentucky legislature. The measure drew bipartisan support as it cleared a House committee today. Now the bill advances to the full House and is aimed at ending the scourge of military and veteran suicides, which occur at a far higher rate than in the general population in Kentucky and the rest of the nation. 
The bill's lead sponsor is Republican Representative Michael Meredith. He says many services, services, sorry, excuse me, already exist, and that the goal of the bill is to reduce the stigma of seeking help and better tailor services to meet veterans' needs. The Kentucky gun shop that sold the AR-15 used to kill five people at a Louisville bank is facing a lawsuit from survivors and families of victims. The civil suit filed yesterday in Louisville alleges River City Firearms should have been more suspicious of the sale and noticed red flags. Connor Sturgeon bought the gun six days before the April shootings at Old National Bank. The 25-year-old killed five co-workers and injured several others. A responding officer was also shot. The gun shop has not responded to calls and messages seeking comment. A Kentucky House panel has advanced a bill that would require public schools to set aside time for a moment of silence at the start of each day. The moment of silence would last one to two minutes at the start of the first class each day, and students would decide how to use that time, and school personnel would be prohibited from instructing them on their silent reflection. Parents would be notified of the policy and encouraged to offer guidance to their children on how to spend that time. The measure cleared the House Education Committee today and advances to the full House. Coming up next, Pentagon has no more money for Ukraine as it hosts a meeting of 50 allies on support for Kyiv. That and more news from around the nation when New Center 88 returns. Stay with us. Today, a new creature walks among us, causing fear, mayhem, and injury. Stay back, children. Look out for the dreaded digital deadwalkers. With faces pressed against their little handheld devices, they put all good citizens in harm's way. Oh, hey, dude, I'm walking here. Oh, I, sorry, I didn't see you. A public service message from the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons who want to keep everyone well-connected with healthy bones. This song is being played on a didgeridoo. A didgeridoo is an instrument made by indigenous Australians. WMUL doesn't have any songs with didgeridoos in them. But what we do have is the Tri-State's largest variety of music, from alternative to hip-hop, jazz to blues, and much more. Plus, our selection is constantly being updated with the latest tunes. So, you know, maybe one day we will have a song with a didgeridoo in it. 88.1 WMUL-FM Welcome back to News Center 88, voted Best Radio News Reporting by the Society of Professional Journalists Mark of Excellence Awards. I'm Emma Johnson. And I'm Willen Smith. Authorities say a two-year-old boy has been fatally shot at a home in northern Kentucky. Police want to question his mother, but don't suspect her of the shooting. Covington police said in a statement that first responders were called to the home yesterday and the toddler was rushed to a hospital but later died. No further details about the shooting were released. Kenton County Prosecutor Rob Sanders said on social media that the boy's mother fled before police arrived and they went to speak to her about his death. Sanders says she is not believed to be the shooter, but police are continuing to investigate. The United States is out of money for Ukraine right now and is unable to send the ammunition and missiles that the government in Kyiv needs to fend off Russia's invasion. The U.S. aid is caught up in a domestic politic. Today, the Biden administration were empty-handed for the first time as a host of the monthly meeting of about 50 nations that coordinate support for Ukraine. The group was established by Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin in April of 2022. Washington will look to allies to keep bridging the gap while waiting for Congress to approve more money for Ukraine's fight. 
Flash floods that raged through parts of San Diego were spawned by a torrential storm that produced the city's fourth wettest day on record, in stark contrast to its image as a balmy seaside playground. The National Weather Service says the 2.73 inches of rain that fell yesterday also marked the city's wettest. January, January, excuse me, their wettest January day on record. Much of it fell rapidly. Suddenly waters were rising and rushing, and streets and freeways were submerged, halting traffic, buses, and trolleys. Torrents coursed through neighborhoods, including Mountain View and Southcrest, and authorities say hundreds of people were rescued from their homes. Mayor Todd Gloria has declared a local state of emergency. A New York City police sergeant who hurled a plastic cooler at a man fleeing officers on a motorcycle, causing a crash that killed the rider, has been charged with manslaughter, criminally negligent homicide, and assault. A judge in the Bronx said Eric Duran's bail at $150,000 at an arraignment attended by other police officers. 30-year-old motorcyclist Eric Dupre was pronounced dead within minutes of being struck on a Bronx sidewalk last August. Police say Dupre had tried to flee on a friend's motorcycle after he was caught selling drugs to an undercover police officer. The Los Angeles Times plans to lay off 94 newsroom employees. That's according to the head of the journalist union, who said today that the number, while substantial, is less than feared. The announcement comes after the L.A. Times Guild walked off the job last Friday to protest the imminent layoffs. The first newsroom union work stoppage in the newspaper's 143-year history. Union President Matt Pierce called it a, quote, dark day, unquote. He says the layoffs represent one-fourth the Times Guild's entire membership. Coming up next, Haley vows to stay in GOP race as Trump seeks commanding victory in New Hampshire. Your daily political update when News Center 88 returns right after this. You have a CD for any mood. You've got everything from rainy day jazz to pure existential angst. You've got CDs to dance to, boogie to, shimmy to, mosh to, and totally rock out to. You've got rock, rap, pop, alt pop, sub pop, hip hop, jazz, blues, country, metal, punk, and some stuff they don't even have a name for yet. But do you have a first aid kit? You have the things that make you happy. Get the things that make you prepared. An all-hazards emergency preparedness kit can help. Ready kits are available at your local retailer. Learn more at ready.gov. G'day, mates. My name is Dango Mick, and I've come all the way from Australia in search of a creature that's spelled W-M-U-L. I guess it's a woman. It's known only to exist on the Marshall campus, and its void has been known to induce a dependency on a wide variety of music that only it can supply. Crocky! There it is now, and it's attacking another radio station. Oh, but don't worry, kiddies. It'll be all right. It's only nature. Are you training for a marathon or something? I heard if you lose lots of weight, you can prevent diabetes. Get real. You don't have to knock yourself out to prevent diabetes. Take small steps. Talk to your health care provider. Losing a small amount of weight by being active 30 minutes, 5 days a week, and eating healthier can prevent diabetes. For more information, call 1-800-438-5383 and ask for Get Real, a message from the Department of Health and Human Services National Diabetes Education Program. Welcome back to News Center 88. I'm Emma Johnson. And I'm Willen Smith. Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley says she has no intention of dropping out after the New Hampshire primary. However, Donald Trump is aiming for a commanding victory, which would secure a sweep of the first two GOP primary races and make a November rematch with President Joe Biden likelier than ever. 
But Haley says as she campaigns today that she plans to stick around for her home state, South Carolina, primary next month. Trump answers that he doesn't care what Haley chooses because he believes voters will nominate him anyways. Haley has dedicated time and money to New Hampshire, hoping to appeal to its independent-minded voters, and Trump has concentrated on winning decisively enough to effectively end the competitive phase of the primary. Donald Trump is eyeing a win in New Hampshire's Republican primary in his first one-on-one contest against Nikki Haley. While President Joe Biden is hoping to avoid embarrassment by prevailing in a Democratic primary where he isn't even on the ballot. The former president is looking for his second straight victory in his quest for the 2024 GOP nomination after knocking out the rest of the field with a commanding win in Iowa. On the Democratic side, Biden supporters have mounted a writing campaign on his behalf to avoid a loss, even though the contest awards no delegates because it violates the national party rules he pushed for. Former U.S. Republican George Santos says he doesn't plan to vote in next month's special election to fill his now vacant seat in Congress. The disgraced New York Republican made the comments today following a brief hearing in federal court on Long Island ahead of his criminal fraud trial, which is slated for later this year. The February 13th election pits Republican County lawmaker Maisie Pillup against former Democratic Congressman Tom Suozzi for the seat that represents the northern parts of Queens and Long Island. Santos is due back in court in August, and his trial is set for no September. Accusations that Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis had an affair with a special prosecutor she hired to seek convictions of Donald Trump and others for interfering in Georgia's 2020 election have led to renewed calls to remove Willis from the case. Willis, an elected Democrat, has shown no signs of stepping down yet, but there are always ways she could be removed. The judge in the case could rule that she has a conflict of interest. A revived state-level prosecutor oversight board could take action against Willis. In less likely scenarios, state lawmakers could impeach and remove Willis, or the state bar of Georgia could take action against her. Testy encounters between lawyers for former President Donald Trump and judges have come to be expected as the attorneys carry into the courtroom the bombastic and often antagonistic style that defines his campaign trial demeanor. In arguments that seem to cater more to the client than to the court, Trump's attorneys have repeatedly invoked his front-runner status in the presidential race, despite its questionable relevance, echoed his claims of prosecutorial bias and political persecution, and advanced sweeping theories of legal immunity before skeptical judges. And coming up, Reagan Clagg will have a complete look at your Metro Huntington weather forecast, and Jonathan Edwards will be in with the FM 88 Sports Report. Stay with us. The worldwide leader of Marshall University sports coverage. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the fifth oldest stadium in college football, Nippert Stadium. Buckeye Field, Columbus, Ohio, Thundering Herd, and the 24th ranked Ohio State Buckeyes. Here in Raleigh, North Carolina, at Coke Field at Dale Park. At the UK Soccer Complex in the heart of bluegrass country, Lexington, Kentucky. Welcome back to Houston, Texas, the site of the 2008 Conference USA Softball Tournament. WMUL-FM, Huntington. 
Hey man, you dropped something. That's okay, it's just trash anyway. Actually, it's not okay. It's littering. You should pick it up and throw it away. It would be even better to recycle it. What are some other ways I can help out on campus? Try picking up litter around campus, recycling soda cans, plastic bottles, and paper at the designated bins around campus, taking shorter showers to save water, or walk, ride a bike, or even carpool to cut back on air pollution. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Think green and be Marshall Green. Brought to you by your friends at the eco-friendly WMUL 88.1 FM. Welcome back to News Center 88. I'm Reagan Clagg and it's time for your Metro Huntington weather forecast. It has been cloudy all day and today's high temperature was 53 degrees. Tonight's low is 40 degrees and the clouds will stick around overnight with rain beginning around 8 a.m. tomorrow morning. Tomorrow's high is 58 degrees and the day will bring around a quarter of an inch of rain with no clearing expected. Another inch of rain is expected tomorrow night with a low of 52 degrees. For your Thursday, the rain will continue through the day and into the overnight hours, with around half an inch of rain being expected during the day. Thursday's high is 63 degrees and the low is 50 degrees. Today's weather word of the day is Virga. Virga is any precipitation that is falling from clouds but doesn't make it to the ground. The reason that Virga occurs is due to dry air that the precipitation cannot penetrate through to make it to the ground as it evaporates into that layer. layer excuse me. Meteorologists can verify Virga by looking at where radar data is showing precipitation and then looking at nearby surface weather observation sites to see if any precipitation is being reported. Thank you to weatherology.com for that information. Currently outside the WMUL studios, it's a cloudy 51 degrees. That's your Metro Huntington weather forecast. For News Center 88, I'm Reagan Clack. Thanks, Reagan. Now Jonathan Edwards joins us with the FM 88 Sports Report. Thanks, Emma. Good evening. It's time for your FM 88 Sports Report for this Tuesday. Starting off in Marshall Athletics, there's no action tonight, but the next four days are full. Tomorrow night, Marshall men's basketball returns home to take on Georgia State at the Cam Henderson Center at 7 p.m. The Thundering Herd is looking to put a stop to its three-game skid after starting 4-0 in Sun Belt Conference play. Marshall comes into the matchup after a road loss to an ever-so-stout James Madison squad, who is still dancing right outside the top 25 rankings. Marshall's opponent for tomorrow, Georgia State, is also on a losing streak, losing its last two games, and sharing the same 4-3 and record in Sunbelt play as Marshall. The Georgia State Panthers tote an even 9-9 and record going into tomorrow, compared to Marshall's record of 9-11. and FM88 Sports' Ben Cower and John Bogus will have coverage of the game on the Cutting Edge Sports radio network, with pregame coverage hitting the airwaves at 6.30 tomorrow night, followed by tip-off at 7, so be sure to tune in. On the flip side of Thundering Herd Hoops, the Marshall women's basketball team is on a dominant run to open conference play under the coaching prowess of first-year head coach Kim Caldwell. Marshall comes into this week as the leader in the Sun Belt standings at a perfect 7-0 in conference play. Marshall is also undefeated at home through its first seven home games. However, that will not matter tomorrow night. Marshall will travel to Harrisonburg, Virginia. Marshall stands at 13-5 overall, taking on a 14-5 JMU squad that trails the herd as second in Sunbelt standings. The Dukes' lone loss came in a defeat to Troy, leaving JMU 6-1 in conference play thus far. Marshall will be led into tomorrow, tomorrow night's showdown by senior star Abby Beeman, who is coming off a 22-point performance on Saturday against Coastal Carolina, where she also passed 
the 2,000-point mark in her college career. Not only did Beeman celebrate these milestones, it was also announced earlier today that Beeman was named one of five USBWA National Player of the Week honorees. In the game against Old Dominion last Thursday, Beeman racked up her second triple-double this season and the second in Marshall women's basketball history. She also earned the first one earlier this season. In the two victories last week for Marshall women's basketball, Beeman averaged 18.5 points, 9 assists, 7.5 rebounds, and 4.5 steals. Marshall may be without star presence in the paint once again this week as Mahogany Matthews continues to nurse an undisclosed injury. While soccer season is very much on the back burner in Huntington, today was a marquee day for the Marshall women's soccer team as the team formally introduced Rafa Samoas as the fifth head coach in the program's history. Samoas was hired into the position on December 29, 2023 and was introduced at the Shuey Multipurpose Room at 3 p.m. this afternoon. Coach Samoas says that rebuilding the women's program will be a multi-year process. So I believe these first two years will be more about culture and implement the philosophy and the core values and how we play and have the players to buy it. And I think by year three is when we should reach potential or peak of what we can do. Longtime Marshall goalkeeper Alexis Wolgamuth says that she believes that Coach Samoas can build the women's program to the same championship caliber as the men's. You have a general idea of, you know, what can happen. Look at the men's team, the success they have, the expectations they have for their program, you know. I think it's something I'm really excited to kind of integrate into us, and hopefully we can achieve some of the same success. That's all for Marshall News. Moving on to national news now. It's a sad day in Athens, Georgia. as the beloved University of Georgia mascot, Ugga, has passed away. The Bulldog was also referred to as Q and served as the living, breathing mascot of the Georgia Bulldogs. In his time, the team won two national titles in football. The highly anticipated NCAA Football 24 video game is expected to be released in the summer months of 2024. While an official release date has not been announced, this will be the first installment of the popular series since 2014, returning after the creation of NIL, Name Image Likeness, laws that will allow players to have their names used, unlike the previous installments that had generic names. The NCAA and game developers are still working on obtaining access to higher-profile athletes, which will continue to be a burden up until the release date. That's all the time we have for today. For FM88 Sports, I'm Jonathan Edwards. Thanks, Jonathan. Coming up, Dirty Rats, culprit fills in Chicago neighborhood landmark known as the Rat Hole. Stay with us to find out more right after this on News Center 88. Wondering what to do on a dull day? Well... I get kind of tired of hearing that same old music. MUL's got real variety. From jazz and blues to rock and progressive. 88.1's the place to be. I'm at WMUL Marshall University. So there's this guy in your office and he just finished rehab. And you don't know how to act around him. Okay, here's a few tips. Don't call him a loser. Do call him Larry, unless his name is John, then call him John. Don't remove the glue from the company envelopes, he's not going to snip them. Do expect him to meet all his deadlines, and don't be surprised when he does, and oh, hey, don't make fun of his addiction. You can, however, make fun of his 80s haircut. For more tips on how to support a recovering user, or if you'd like to become one, call 1-800-662-HELP. I want my www. 
Broadcast voice of Marshall University, WMUL-FM, Huntington. Not all superheroes wear capes. Most wear jeans or sweaters or suits, just like ordinary people, because that's what they are. They are the 1.2 million members of Rotary, men and women whose superpowers are the capacity to care and the desire to make the world better. So the next time you need a superhero, don't look in the sky, look in the mirror. Learn more at rotary.org. Rotary, humanity in motion. In a city infamous for its gangster past, a culprit filled in a Northside Chicago neighborhood landmark, affectionately called by residents the Rat Hall. The indentation in the pavement on West Roscoe Street resembles the outline of a rat, claws, tail, and all. It was reported Friday on social media that the Rat Hall had been filled. Neighbors gathered Friday afternoon using a brush and water to scrub the shallow hole in the sidewalk clean, restoring it to its ratful place among the city's iconic, if not strange, attractions. Chicago resident Winslow Domain said people living nearby said the imprint had been there for nearly two decades. And that does it for this edition of News Center 88. Tune in tomorrow at 5 for the most complete news from Marshall University in the tri-state area. And remember to check us out on the World Wide Web at marshall.edu slash WMUL. For Waylon Smith, Reagan Clagg, Jonathan Edwards, Peyton Sisko, and for your entire News Center 88 team, I'm Emma Johnson. And your thought of the day is if you fall down, if you fell down yesterday, stand up today. H.G. Wells.